0: Hi, this is Howard Altshuler, and welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers Real Estate Edition podcast. I'm our firm's real estate leader, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner, Rob Nowak, who's our tax partner in real estate. Um, No guest again today, just the love of real estate that we both share. Just as a reminder, wanted to let you know that this podcast is done for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and we're not providing accounting advice. Um, If you do have a question, call your advisor, or better yet, Call us, so Rob. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot going on in the tax world recently, uh, keeping you busy. Not even including deadlines. So, really, just wanted to um, find out what what's the latest from Washington.
1: Oh man, that's a big question. Never, never before in my career have I been as popular at parties as I am right now. Okay, because, I don't believe that. I think you've always been uh, popular at parties. Right. Uh, there, there is so much going on when, when you consider that different pieces of legislation have been introduced containing different aspects of tax reform. There's so much being said in the press about directionally where tax rates might go for individuals, for corporations, internationally. There's just a ton of activity. So let's kind of break it down. Um, recently – The House Ways and Means Committee released their proposal and legislative text for proposed, and I'm going to keep saying proposed, not final, not voted, not enacted, but proposed tax changes that would be incorporated into the budget reconciliation bill, which is also now as known as the Build America Back Better Act. Okay. Um, This bill markup contains a number of different provisions. The, The ones that are getting the most press. Are going to be the ones that, that impact tax rates, right? So on the corporate side, the proposed bill would replace the current flat 21% corporate tax rate with a graduated rate structure that starts at 18% for, for corporate incomes up to $400,000 and goes all the way up to 26.5% on income above $5 million. And so then. It's still
0: a lot less than where people were talking earlier.
1: You know, it, it's less and it's also less than the tax rates for corporations that existed prior to the mm-hmm. C- Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. So it's not like rates have sunsetted back to those 2016 rates and it's still better than what a lot of folks had anticipated. On okay. the, indiv- on the individual side, which is, you know, g- again, gets a lot of the press, the proposed legislation would increase the top marginal rate for individuals back And I say back up to 39.6%. Now, it's a graduated rate structure, so the tax brackets will change such that that 39.6% ordinary income tax bracket, you'd step into it a little bit sooner than you would under the current rate structure. And I think even more notably is the increase in the capital gain tax rate. The proposed bill increases the cap gain rate, just the capital gain tax rate from 20% to 25%. Okay. And, and we're going to ignore the impact of the net investment income tax on capital gains. We're just going to say, look, it's going to go up 5%. Still not on par with what we thought was coming, right? Which, which could have been a raise in the cap gain rates all the way to the ordinary income rates. So. You know a far cry from that and even less than uh you know the reagan tax cuts i remember when cap gain rates were at 28 uh, percent when i first got into practice you know what seems like 100 years ago
0: right and for the individual rates to cut off on this is going to be at least proposed wise is going to be four hundred thousand dollars of taxable income
1: that's correct okay
0: so if you're a, if you're a um what they would call a lower earning person Um, then you don't have to worry if you're a higher earning person, you would. Although I know there's certain people in certain states who would think four hundred thousand dollars isn't higher earning.
1: Right. So And and it's important to note that the cutoff period on that cap gains rate is for transaction and transactions entered into After September 13th, 2021. So for those who had already recognized cap gain rates on deals or sales prior to September 13th, 2021, the old 20% rate would continue to apply. And the reason those cutoff rates exist is as a result of budget reconciliation, you know, to maintain a balanced budget. So there has to be a cutoff at some point in time. But the individual rate increase, excuse me, the ordinary rate increases, those would be effective likely at the beginning of the next tax year in 2022.
0: Okay. And then if you're a very high earning income person, say, well, say over a million dollars, there's potential for more issues, but that's not in the scope of this call. But if you meet in that, um, give us a shout.
1: Yeah. And there's a high income. Yeah. You're referring to the high income surcharge. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a high income kickout surcharge in. Uh, the the markup bill as well. It's equal to three percent of your modified adjusted gross income in excess of five million dollars, or two and a half for married filing separately. Now, one thing I want to say is where we're at today in terms of proposed legislation. It's a far cry from where we were oh, seven, eight months ago on proposed legislation. Where we are going to end up is further going to change. The bill that we saw. Released this month is the result of a tremendous amount of compromise in the House and in the Senate. We expect to see significant compromise between now and the final passage of the bill.
0: Okay. Now, I also know that my favorite subject, the 1031 loophole, still, still, been- still,
1: still. No, 1031 survived. Right. 10, 30, 1031. Will not, 1031s will not be limited.
0: Okay. And what about carried interest? Any changes there?
1: That we so about? The, the the proposed legislation extends the holding period from 3 years to 5 years and would also apply the capital excuse me apply the carried interest regime to all assets eligible for long-term capital gain rates which potentially brings in uh what we call t- in, in the in the tax world 1231 assets or in other words real estate that's held for trader business purposes so it it has an uh, that aspect of the bill has the potential to impact the real estate industry as it relates to carry
0: Okay. So now given that here we are less than a week away from the end of the fiscal year for the government, um, the, fit, the spending bill, the um, tax bill, the debt ceiling, et cetera, with all this going on right now, if you had to put on your crystal ball um, or take out your crystal ball, I should say, what would you say is the likelihood that things are going to pass? I know you've already said probably not in the form that it is, but do you think it will still pass at all or is this just a hope for next year?
1: You know, it, it comes down to a few, I've said this before on other podcasts, I think a few key decision makers mm-hmm. and whether or not the Senate really wants to compromise. As we've talked in, in the past, Senator Manchin from West Virginia is, you know, thought to be really kind of a, a tie-breaking vote in the Senate, if you will, right? Not truly a tie-breaker, but um, if we have 50-50 con- split in the Senate, the vice president casts the tie-breaking vote, which gives the Democrats control. That only happens if Joe Manchin votes with the Democratic Party. He has previously stated many times, so listen to the morning talk shows on the weekends and even during the week, and he says things like uh, tax increases will not pass through budget reconciliation. He wants to see a true bipartisan effort. When you look at his efforts around infrastructure, um, the Voting Rights Act, and other bills, he really is starting... You know that he means what he says, so I think the the jury will be out on whether or not um, any or much of this passes. I would I would be setting a Google alert for Joe Manchin. Follow what he has to say. That's going to help you read the tea leaves to determine whether or not this will pass.
0: Right, and, and that's a good point because he being on the Democratic side, mm-hmm. you know, even with the idea of using reconciliation, would still require him being on board. Absolutely, um, even if none of the Republicans are, but if any Democrat decides to say no, then that just tanks everything.
1: Right. I mean, unlike other legislation, um, a budget reconciliation bill um, would not be subject to a filibuster. So it does not need to overcome that majority in order to make it to the Senate floor. So it literally, a budget bill could pass on a 50-50 party line vote with the vice president then um, uh, casting the tie-breaking vote. Um, If he's not on board, you're now 49.51, and there is no tiebreaker, right? It, it It's a dead bill at that point.
0: Okay. Very good. Well, Rob, that's all the time we have for today. So thank you for um, your candid comments on the proposed tax rules. Um, as always, um, please uh, take a listen to our podcast while well, you already have. Um, like and share it. Uh, and please look out for other podcasts on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have these at weaver.com. Um, thanks again for listening. Take care. Thank y'all.